On our Fresh Blood podcast today, we're speaking to Priya Geetha Dia, a young emerging artist who graduated from the McNally School of Fine Arts at La Salle last year, before which she had already made something of a name for herself after one of her artworks, A Gilded Staircase, went viral on social media and became a point of some controversy arousing discussions about where art belongs and the line between art and so-called vandalism. Priya's latest work can be seen at an ongoing group exhibition at the Institute of Contemporary Arts on the LaSalle campus titled To Leave Home is Already Half the Journey, which features work by a group of students and alumni from LaSalle, as well as artists from Indonesia and Singapore. And it's work created as a result of a field trip to the compound of the Muara Jambi Buddhist Temple in Sumatra, Indonesia. But before we go into that, let me introduce Priya. Hello, welcome to Arts Equator's studio. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, could you share with us a bit about yourself as a person? Okay, so I'm Priya. Um, I just recently graduated from La Salle. I was actually doing my BA in Fine Arts. It was during my school period when I created this gilded staircase. It was during my final year. So at that point of time, actually, my interest kind of like dwelled into public spaces. Um, initially, it started from domestic spaces, and I wanted to relook at public spaces in a very domesticated way. Mm-hmm. And also, I kind of wanted to reference it with places of worship. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started working with gold and mm-hmm. space itself. Yeah. And so I know you come from a family of goldsmiths, as I've read. So that's a material that bears significance to you. So what was your upbringing like and what drew you to make art, to study art? My family is pretty much conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't really advocate me into like studying arts. Um, pretty much my entire family are into like going towards a very sustainable career path. So when I told my mom that I wanted to study art, she was not really as supportive. But now she's a lot more acknowledging about me making art and kind of like going public with it. Mm-hmm. Um, my family lineage, yes, they were goldsmiths. Um, the trade actually ended when my grandfather died, so there was never really anyone to continue it on. So I wanted to revive this whole gold history, and mm-hmm. yeah, I decided to do it in, with my art practice. And what did your family feel about the way you use gold? I mean, for them, the way they went about with gold was to create um, jewelry for like temples or weddings. But the way I use gold, it's a bit more um, in a very open domain. It's a very um, for them, gold was kind of pretty much a sacred and like sacred mm-hmm. essence for them. So when I used it in a very public space, there was a bit of, why is she using it in a public space? Yeah, is she not respecting? And it, gold is used as a metaphor. Yes. Like an allusion to sacredness rather yes. than... So did you have to explain it to them? <laughs> I didn't or really have to. Like My mom was just curious, like why all of a sudden gold? Because previously I didn't work with gold during my first two years in art school. Mm-hmm. It was only in third year that I decided to work with gold. Um, she was pretty much confused and I had to make her understand that it, in a way it's trying to revive, in a way it's, it draws attention to public spaces. So when you look at a public space, most of the spaces are disregarded and we have something that is pretty much, it has such attractive quality with this material, mm-hmm. the, the attention is drawn towards that space. Mm-hmm. So in that way I kind of had to make her understand that it's kind of drawing attention, kind of like provoking in a way. 
so I saw the work at the exhibition at La Salle as well, and that that also features gold on cement. So could you tell us about your work in the group exhibition to leave home? It's already half the journey at La Salle, and what the process was like. Based on my experience in Indonesia in Mora Jambi, where the the region is, it was initially known as Warnadipa, which actually means Golden Island. So um, apparently they did find like gold in that whole um, where where the region was. So I decided to go along with the lines of working with gold, and in my experience, I found elements that I had a lot of um, interest in. So I decided to make them into a form of trinkets. So I sculpted them using terracotta and I foiled them with gold. Mm. So it also kind of treasuring the value and history of the place instead of it just being instead of just being gold. So I decided to kind of like create trinkets and form like cement blocks resembling the industrial um, contemporary Mora Jambi mm-hmm. and then connecting it together with the trinkets. Like binding together as one with history mm-hmm. and present time. And then we also worked with the foundation in Mora Jambi. They are called the Padmasana. We had other artists like Harry Dono as well. So he was also part of the whole elective. So you recently graduated last year, so I'm interested to know what your thoughts on arts education in Singapore are and education in general or what your experience has been. And there are a few reasons I ask about this because there's been a lot of discussion recently about the purpose of arts education, especially in the light of a study done last year that said that over 70% of uh, School of the Arts, so Thai graduates, go on to pursue non-arts careers. And there seemed to be this concern that SOTA isn't producing enough artists as if everyone who graduates from art-centric mm. educations should fit this box of what an artist should look, should look like. And there's a tension between the fact that Singapore is lauded for its excellence in education and there's all this prescription and caution about students' artwork that happens. Um, there was also another incident last year where a SOTA graduating student made little paper airplanes as a tribute to teachers from her school who had left and uh, the school decided to remove it because it wasn't authorised. She hadn't um, asked for permission, basically, which is similar to what happened to you. And it's interesting that these pieces of news uh, break out of the arts community, which is otherwise kind of invisible to the rest of society, and then something like this happens and then everyone suddenly has an opinion on what art is and what artists shouldn't do. So... And there's a, this cliché in the Singapore education system about wanting to nurture creative thinkers, but at the same time, people are afraid, seem to be afraid or threatened by creativity. So do you have any thoughts about how creative, a creative education is perceived here? I think it goes back to how we were kind of like conformed since young in our education system where we had to cultivate a habit of um, asking permission from an authority figure. So it has also like conditioned our behaviour this always ask permission first kind of attitude before doing anything. So when it came to practicing arts, there is this irony where we are supposed to challenge how we go about with our everyday lives. And it's more of like disrupting the status quo or challenging stereotypes. Like at the same time, we are drawn to this framework of how art should be and how art should not be. Anything that is potentially threatening is deemed as unfit to be considered art. So in my experience, when I did the golden staircase, I intentionally did not ask for permission. 
because I was living in that space for 26 years and it felt like I had to revalidate my existence in this space if I had to ask for permission. And I know that I am, I'm, I'm drawing myself, I know that my work is not offensive or vulgar in an, any nature. It was just simply just to provoke mm. that space, look at space in a different light. Mm. I went through the vandalism act, so anything that is damaging any surfaces, public property, is considered vandalism. So since I did not ask for permission, it, my work actually fell under vandalism, even though it was nothing, I didn't deface anything. The whole public, public reaction, because um, I find that Singaporeans have this framework of how they perceive art. Mm -hmm. So when I justified that my work is art and not vandalism, they could not accept it because they think that uh, a, a work of art should be something that is displayed on a wall. It should be framed nicely. It should be like a a very representational painting or a very abstract painting. And so, approved by the government. <laughs> yes. So something like this in a, a public space, um, they kind of got triggered and it got them, you know, talking about can this actually be considered art? But when you already create this response, when you, you, you have people talking about your work, that is already sort of like an art itself. Mm. It, doesn't, it doesn't have to be the work. You know, mm. the, the, the responses you get is art in a way. I did get the support, I also did get the hate, like, because initially I did this work based on my thesis, I was writing about public spaces and the phenomenon of it, and then like, it went viral because my neighbour actually posted a picture on Reddit. Yeah, Reddit is where everything starts, yeah. Yeah, and it's actually quite funny to see how people kind of reacted to this space, like, oh, they think this space oh, would bring you luck with, your, you know, 40 or like like they have this mentality if something go means it's it's auspicious yeah or like it would potentially be a safety hazard because people were assuming because it looks shiny shiny it's considered slippery mm. and then there was this whole irony because like where i live there's three floors on i mean three lifts on every floor so no one actually uses the, the staircase like ever since the public housing upgrading we, we are given the privilege to have a lifts on every floor. So the staircase actually became a, a neglected ca casualty from this public housing upgrading. Absolute. Yes, so no one actually uses it. So when the whole thing, when people started saying, oh, someone's going to just slip down and slip and fall down the stairs and you're potentially going to create a problem than what, mm. what already you have done. And it was quite amusing actually to kind of see how paranoid. Yes, paranoid people were. <laughs> how they imagine a negative outcome before they even yeah. Experience. There was a lot of assumptions on the work. I didn't react to it. I even did get like personal messages and threats, like saying, "Oh, you know, she should be raped because she what of what she did," or there were things like, "Oh, she should be doing housework," you know, instead of you know being a troublemaker, you know, kind. They also had a perception of how women should behave. Yeah, it's... And it's pretty much putting me back into the domestic realm. It was actually quite amusing. I, I, <laughs> I didn't want to, you know, fight back or, you know, mm -hmm. argue with anything. I just took it with this whole mm -hmm. staircase experience. So I think you answered my next question, which was about how it affected you personally. And mm -hmm. When the staircase was there, every day there were groups of people just looking at the stairs, giving such regard to it like it's mm -hmm. the, it became kind of celebratory like people started did it become an instagram haunt <laughs> yes and it, really it, and it kind of like and live in the space because mm. on an everyday basis it's just like any ordinary space and then suddenly when you have so many people coming there taking photos with the staircase mm. raising the goal rubbing the mm. goal walking up the stairs it 
yeah, it definitely enriched the space. I was, because this was quite unexpected, so I didn't know how to react to the whole week that the work was there. So, because the staircase was literally just outside my house, so people were literally knocking on my door, mm. expecting, I was me gonna to ask that. <laughs> expecting me to come out and speak with them. I was just uh, afraid. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know how to react. Um, so I like stayed <laughs> in my room. And yeah, it was just like commotion every day. It was just like people coming in and out. Yeah. Did your mom have to? Did your mom react to the people knocking on your door? Yeah, she had to. Like, you know, the, the, the journalist came and was like, is Priya home? Like, can you speak to her? I was like, can you just tell them I'm not home? <laughs> it's like so unexpected. I just don't, didn't know how to go about it. Yeah, it was pretty sudden, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, is there any anything you're working on now? What's next for you? I do have intentions to do another public work. Mm. I can't reveal it yet, okay. uh, but it would pr- be probably next month. Was it this incident that inspired you to m- work more with public spaces, or was that something that you were thinking about before all this happened? Yeah, it was initially in my mind. Public spaces is pretty much interesting, where you have a lot of in-between spaces where p- an artwork can potentially be there. Mm. So. I kind of find it interesting to relook at public spaces and not kind of like disregard it because it's not uh, uh, a white cube that we are taught to told that an artwork should be there and should be conformed in that, sc- in that kind of space. So I love to wi- work with spaces that I've lived in and so so the, the way I'm going about is just working around with public housing spaces. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of street artists, like randomly work in like street spaces or random spaces. I want to enrich this public housing space mm. and yeah, just just look at it in a different light. They they offered you to work with them, right? The town council. Yeah, the town council. I was told that they actually said that they would work with me in future projects. I have not gotten any proposal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. proposal from them. Thanks for speaking with us. No problem.